Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Transformation Gold Podcast. I am your coach and your hostess, Nicole DiVincentis, a.k.a. FigureChick911. Awesome to have you here with us today. And today we're bringing you something that's going to help you in every single area of your life and your decision-making. And joining with that is being decisive. Okay, and I want you to just think about something for one quick second here. Think about, I'm going to give you an analogy and then we're going to we're gonna flip over into today's training. I want you to think about the difference of when you're getting ready to make a decision and it's a pretty weighty decision. Okay, not something like, hmm, should I, you know, use a, a red colored pencil or the orange red colored pencil? Okay, so not something minimal like that. I'm talking you know, an executive decision that's going to impact your life, whether you're talking about making a career change, whether you're talking about, you know, something having to do with your business or your, your household operations or something going on in your relationship, or you notice that something isn't quite right. And you're like, should I say something? Should I not say something? And you're, you do that whole like hemming and hawing and you end up in that mental tailspin, right? And you start thinking about, well, if I do this, then maybe this is going to happen and this is going to happen and that's going to happen. And, but gosh, if I do this over here, then, you know, this is what's going to happen to this. And you go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And you end up becoming, I feel so overwhelmed with anxiety and worry and and you end up going down a path of completely overthinking a situation and making it way harder than it actually has to be okay it's kind of like if you have a band-aid and i make this analogy all the time is if you have a band-aid and it's on your arm and you've got a lot of hair on your arm and you're you're like, okay, I want to get this Band-Aid off. And you're like, whew, if I pull that thing off, if I rip it off, it's going to hurt like a mother. Or should I kind of like, ooh, 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 like kind of like pull like a little piece of the Band-Aid back at a time and then just like, ooh, ooh, you know what I'm talking about? It, You can feel it. It hurts like that. It's the same thing when you're making decisions that have, from your perspective, maybe, you know, pretty high level consequences, you know, to the positive or to the negative, or you really don't know how this thing is going to pan out or put this into the context of your own situation. You only feel that, that worry and essentially that loss of power before you commit and execute on the decision. Right? Because once you actually decide on something, this is what I'm going to do. Okay, should I turn left or should I turn right? I don't know, but until you, 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 okay, I'm turning left here. Okay, and you go. And then you're like, well, you know what, maybe this isn't the right way. Or, oh gosh, you know what, here's this, here's this. But it's, it's that ginger, gingerness of making a decision that keeping your cement shoes on. And essentially what I feel is making decisions from a place of fear. That's now that I'm thinking about this out loud, that's actually where this stems from is that when you make decisions from a place of fear and you're worrying about the consequences, typically what happens is you, you start putting yourself in like in the corner. And from that point on, you continue tiptoeing through the situation and 
there's usually some negative consequences that come about from there. Whereas when you put yourself in a position of peace and power and you're actually making decisions because they are right. Like if you're advocating for somebody, okay, so for me, coming from a nursing background, like one of our oaths, if you would, and and part of our role as nurses is to advocate for individuals who are not in the position to advocate for themselves. So we've got all different types of things, like there's different things that we have to report on when we see um possible neglect or abuse within children, within elderly or vulnerable populations where they have some sort of, um, you know, mental incompetence where, you know, they're, they have a little bit of developmental delay and, you know, they are subject to the care of other people. And so our job is if we see things that even kind of sort of point towards an issue of neglect or abuse, we are actually what we call mandated reporters. Does that make sense? And so when you do that and now you're involving state and different agencies to come and do investigations, like you can be making decisions that you're like, gosh, once I, once I make this phone call, then this family is going to have to go through the, all these different channels. But the, the flip side to that is, and again, I know that may not be where you sit with your decision-making process, but I try to use analogies that, in my mind, hold a, a very high standard so that when you look at your situation, you're like, yeah, you know what? Yes, now I get this. Whereas let's say in that situation as, as a healthcare provider, we didn't make a phone call and we were afraid, you know, like, oh, now we're going to have to involve social services and this poor family is going to be going through this process and blah, 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 blah. Well, what if something was going on? Okay, because honestly, more times than not, when you are making high level decisions, whether it's about your immediate present or your future, your families, or even if you're in that position where you're advocating for other individuals, in my heart, I know that I have a very strong sense of intuition and I know most other people do too. And so when you start to trust yourself that something isn't quite right about this situation or you honestly know what the right thing to do is, but you're afraid to do it, that's when you start to run into trouble. But you always need to balance out the other aspect of your coin is what if, you know, in my case, like what if I didn't call social services on this and this kid has a bunch of siblings and this was our only opportunity to actually involve the agencies that need to be there because these children are not being cared for as they should be. And they, they're totally, you know, a baby's not able to take care of themselves. And then what happens is, you know, a month later we see that child and worst case scenario is they're beaten to a pulp or they even arrive, you know, to a facility dead. And again, I know that that's an extreme case, but I put those things up there that sometimes when you're in an environment or you're sitting alone with yourself, and your brain is like I don't even know and you you start to second guess yourself that when you have some sort of gold gold standard I think beacon up there it's something that you can attach yourself to it's something that you can anchor yourself to to say you know what 
no, this situation is not right. Or clearly, you know, I'm at this crux, I'm at this fork in the road between, you know, whatever, again, is this job or, you know, I'm in a relationship and, you know, they say this, but this is what's going on. And you start to second guess yourself. You only feel weak before you step up into those levels of integrity of trusting yourself and making that actual decision. Does that make sense? And so what I, if I can encourage you today is I, I am a very strong proponent of, I don't know if you want to call it independent thinking, but clear thinking. And there's a difference between right and wrong. Okay. And some things that you're involved in, in your life, they're clearly wrong. But when you look around and everybody else is just kind of going with the flow, it's been my experience that all of a sudden you're like, well, you know what? Maybe it isn't actually this. It seems like it's okay with everybody else. No, this doesn't seem to bother anybody else. Like maybe it's, Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just like overthinking the situation. Maybe I'm just a hypochondriac. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just. But I'm here to tell you that when you have those moments, those moments are huge because what happens is that when you start to make what we would actually call an exception, you know what? I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to dilly dally. I'm just going to just kind of see how this thing point, you know, pans out is you're actually allowing in an exception where you're dropping the bar. Does that make sense? And making excuses for a situation rather than maintaining a very, very high level of integrity and making decisions which are going to keep you in that integrity. You only feel anytime that you lose a a sense of power, like it can always be traced back to a lack of integrity where you didn't show up strong enough for yourself. You didn't show up strong enough for other people. And at the end of the day, you are the one who always has to go to sleep with yourself and with your conscience. Does that make sense? So when it comes to your decision making, you always want to be making decisions from a place of peace and power, not from fear. Okay, and then tangentially what moves into that is your ability to command your emotions so that you can respond to a situation and not react to a situation. Okay, because let's face it, when you're making decisions, big decisions, like big decisions that affect your life potentially or your family's life or your business's life or your team's life. Like there's life can be hard and you're, you're making high level decisions to do what's in the best interest of, you know, yourself or your group or your team or, you know, whatever. And like that's, there's a lot of pressure in that, but Having that ability to buffer off the emotions that come is what's going to separate, it's, it's going to make a distinction and a separation between pressure, which is what this, the situation entails, and stress, which is what you're placing on yourself. Does that make sense? So pressure is like inherent, like this is a high pressure situation, okay? Stress is is what happens to you through 
thinking and overthinking and now you're injecting emotion in it, you actually end up pulling in, (laughs) I I laugh because I always talk about the nervous system, but you end up pulling in the biochemical factors that actually put you in a higher stress state. And what they actually what actually happens is it diminishes your your decision making capabilities because when you're under high levels of stress, you actually lose the ability to hear information and then connect it to that process information logically. And you start to react rather than respond. So how does one actually start to command their emotionality, blah, 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 blah. Well, first of all, you have to recognize that if your emotions are like all over the place and you're getting, let's say, you're, you're, you're fast to react if somebody, let's think of how you operate if there's conflict, okay? Are you yelling? Are you screaming? Are you blaming? Are you finger pointing? Or are you asking questions? Okay, to gain understanding of the other person's position. You see what I'm saying? There's a big giant difference there. And what I can tell you is that that fear-based reaction, reacting rather, is a fear-based reaction. Okay, this is what happens. You know, maybe you're being exposed. Maybe you're, you're fearful. Maybe you're just like you're lashing out because the goal is when you get nervous and there's a high pressure situation, when you have stress, okay, that you're worried about an outcome, you're worried about the potential of an outcome from a decision that you're making or how something is going to go, it actually puts you in that primal response of what we know is fight or flight. And with that, again, comes diminished ability to hear information and diminished ability to actually think logically and clearly and oftentimes creatively because when the stress response takes over it's a very 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 primal response that's designed to keep you alive okay this is why we call it fight or flight so if you think about like caveman running away from t-rex with the big head and the little arms like that's fight or flight at that time caveman was not going to sit there and like draw out this whole like risk stratification and well if i were to run you know 30 yards in this direction and then you know go east for for 60 more yards and then zag back to the northwest and run you know 90 yards and then slow down my pace like do you see like it sounds so silly like he would never do that his he was like oh danger will robinson i'm out of there i i got to get away from this and i don't know whether or not he was able to do that but that's where that that fight or flight response actually comes from it's a very 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 primal response that your body has built into it just to keep you alive Okay, and what happens in the decision making process is that if this is a situation of conflict, you may not die from making a particular decision, but your ego may be filleted open if you <laughs> if you make a certain, you know, decision or, you know, now you have people who are finger pointing at you or you get yourself into some hot water situations that it impairs your ability to remain in your power. So what I can tell you is this, you only learn how to command your emotionality by being in high hot water situations. 
Okay, so here's you're like, well, that doesn't really help me. No, it doesn't actually really help me because this is one of those things that you you acquire with life experience. You know, there's people who I think are born super, super chill and they have a very, very big perspective, like a large like panoramic view perspective on what's going on. They seem to take everything in stride and I, you know, that's how they're born. But I can tell you commanding your emotionality is a skill that you can learn, but it's only going to be learned by continual immersion and submersion in high pressure situations. Because in those high pressure situations, what you, what you tend to learn, I'll give you an example here. Let's say you are, let's say you're training in the military. This is a perfect example. Okay. Now I know there's people who like to go and they're like, they're all about combat and like, I like to dominate and I like to win. And I, it's part of the human needs to feel like empowered and, and affirmed and, you know, important, but Still, nonetheless, when you go into boot camp, they, you know, break you down and build you back up. But what they do is they continually increase the level of pressure that you're on. And they don't allow you to be affiliated with the outside world because it, it, it breaks the process. So what they're trying to do is build you into a machine so that when you are in a live combat situation, you're not going to flinch. Okay, because in combat, if you flinch for a millisecond, that could be the difference between your life and death or that of your company or your troop or whomever. So they train you, you know, on some of the basics so that when you're under stress, like what you do becomes a habit. Like if you think about, you know, what they do in terms of their weaponry, like how many times does one practice taking apart and putting together their rifles, and they get you so incredibly familiar with how the rifle is put together back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, make it go faster, make it go faster, so that you know that thing so well. And there's a reason for that. It's habitual. You know that thing inside and out. You know how it works. You know what pieces go together so that when you are in a high pressure situation, you're not adding to the situation by now like, oh my gosh, my rifle's jammed. Oh my gosh, this thing doesn't work. This is a no brainer. This is, oh, it's okay. Let me just fix this right quick. Okay. I'm, I'm straight back here. Do you see what I'm saying? And the same thing if you are, let's say a surgeon. When you're in a surgery and there is like major things going wrong, you can't be worried about, well, how does this instrument work? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So you're learning like the fundamental skills. So part of it is training yourself if there's a skill set involved here. But the other aspect of it is then you have to continually raise the bar on how much stress and how much pressure you're able to operate under without completely losing your shit. Do you see what I'm saying? And you will learn this. I think especially, you know, the difference, you know, am I going to make this decision or am I not? It's first and foremost trusting yourself. And I know that that can be such a hard thing because, you know, perhaps in the past, you know, you've had, um, you know, bad consequences. You're, you're growing up in a house and, and let's say, you know, something wasn't right. Or your, your parents were doing something and you called them to the table on this and you got, you know, grounded for a month and, and you missed, you know, the school dance and you missed, you know, 
sports practice and then you couldn't play because you missed it. But like, and there was this like cascade and dominate, you know, like domino effect of, of things that actually happened. And it can cause you to act very gingerly moving forward. Okay. Or if you're, if you are around people, you're in a relationship or you live with people who are manipulative or you're in a a relationship where your partner is manipulative and they cause you to second guess yourself. It can be super, super, super hard then to all of a sudden, like, man, I'm making these decisions from a place of peace and power because you're not in the habit of doing it. Okay, so no matter where you, you you place, you know, this concept of being decisive and making your decisions from a place of peace and power is, you know, it applies to all facets of your life. How do you course correct? Okay, I think the one thing that you always have to be very, very clear on is, am I a person who is decisive? Like, yes. Or no. I mean, th- that's a pretty, you know, bold statement. And, and if you're if you're not, you know it like, <laughs> nope, I'm not decisive at all. Or if there's something that you want to do, let's put this in a positive context. Let's say you are moving towards a new goal. And all of a sudden, you're like, well, you know, I kind of want to sort of do it. And, you know, but I- I'm just not sure, like, you know, there'd be a lot of things that I have to do and, you know, what, what are people going to say if, if, I, if I do this? And what happens is that the clock keeps on ticking, right? And time is moving forward and then one day becomes one week and one week is three weeks and three weeks is three months and then three months is six months. And then before you know it, it's a whole calendar year and you've not taken any action because you're sitting in that limbo land, <clears throat> excuse me, of... Should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I? You know, when you make a decision, it's the equivalent of of pulling the trigger and not looking back. And that, again, becomes a habit through practice. Because no matter what you do, like there's always going to be consequences for any choice that you make. Okay, whether you make a a decision and and you have this idea, you execute on it immediately, there's always going to be consequences for it. Okay, it's whether or not you choose to accept the consequences. Okay, and then once you make those consequences, like instead of feeling like, oh my God, I can't believe that this actually happened to me. Part of our coaching and training here is to empower you that you don't allow yourself to be put in the victim role. This didn't happen to me. I actually, you know, made this move. I I executed on this decision and now here's the consequences. All right, do I have to clean up or yay, I've created some momentum here and now we're going to keep the ball rolling. It, it always comes back to you. And it's been my experience, you know, and again, this has been a process that I personally used to be like, oh my God, I can't believe that this happened to me. But as soon as I started changing that level of ownership over decisions, okay, where now I don't, I don't sit underneath a basketball net and wait for a ball to come down and land on me like, oh my God, I can't believe, you know, this ball came down out of the sky and like hit me on the head. It's now I make decisions from sitting on top of like the, the backboard. Is that what that thing is called? 
<laughs> it's all of a sudden I can't remember, right? So if you're sitting up there and now you're dropping the ball through the net, like it's clear I'm the one that's actually in control of this basketball going through the hoop. It's not me standing down there waiting to see if this thing is going to fall out of the sky and, and actually hit me on the head. Do you see what I'm saying? It's a completely different level of operating and and that becomes an identity, but it's something that builds into making your decisions from a place of peace and power, responding, not reacting to a situation, commanding your emotionality, obviously, and owning the fact that you have, you always have a choice. Like you're always in the driver's seat. It's whether or not you decide to place yourself there. Or if you decide to put yourself in the back seat of the vehicle or in the rear-facing passenger seat, you know, on a, on a wood-paneled station wagon where you have no, no say-so. And all I can say is that you can get in the habit of learning how to become more decisive. Okay? And keep your calm in high-pressure situations so that when conflict and tension arises, instead of you moving into, you know, finger pointing or now you're trying to shout to dominate, you know, a conversation or, you know, you know, push, push, push so that you can not have your, your ego damaged or you don't look stupid in front of one, you know, other people is that, You can learn it over time. Do you see what I'm saying? And when you're in those situations, then you're actually able to ask questions and ask better questions so that if the situation, you know, entails that now you're able to acquire more information and get to a higher level of understanding rather than you know, needing to be right or, or like now, oh gosh, I'm so sorry that I did that. Do you know what I'm saying? It actually facilitates communication and the growth of relationships and it, and it continues forward growth of, you know, a team, an organization, your family and how you're actually moving forward. Does that make sense? Like there's a lot that goes into, you know, when you take a look at your level of being decisive, there's a lot that goes into it. But at the root of it, it's, it's the fear factor and not making the decisions from a place of fear. It's rather than, you know, sitting on top of the backboard, if that's what that thing is called, of the basketball net and, you know, executing on your decisions that way. Okay. And then after a while, what actually happens is you begin to, you first and foremost, you make a lot of mistakes and you usually... <laughs> suffer the major consequences, you know, if, you know, when you're, when you're stepping out, you know, into, you, you get into some hot water situations, but I'm here to tell you, like, you will learn how to navigate those things. And after a while, it, it'll become a no brainer where it's almost like, <laughs> it's almost like MC Hammer, like that song can't touch this. Like you, you just, I, I'm here and I'm making these decisions and it, I'm ready to deal with the consequences. Like I own the fact that I, you know, I chose to make this decision and I'm moving forward. And once you get into the habit of trusting yourself that you know what is right, trusting yourself to actually take a powerful step forward, and then trusting yourself to deal with 
consequences to the positive or to the negative. Like not, there's not always bad consequences to being decisive. Sometimes you create a lot of momentum and now you have so much more, more activity to do things to do from, you know, making this major decision. Like now you, you learn a higher level of trusting yourself to continue that giant snowball, like moving forward from the good thing that you just spawned. Does that make sense? It's not always negative. A lot of times it has, you know, to do with positivity. So, but over time, it's going to shorten that gap between when you have an idea and when you actually execute on it. It really comes down to your level of decisiveness and your willingness to get into action immediately. Right. One of the goals of this podcast is to train you with those tactics and the strategies to shorten that window of time between when you have an idea and when you actually execute on it. Okay, and not acting in like a random or wanton fashion whatsoever. It's when you become very adept at high level decision making, everything like you're able to to sift through the riffraff and just be like, well, you don't even th- you don't even second guess. Like yes, no, yes, no. It becomes literally that simple, and that's how you begin to you know move throughout your life. The most successful people are highly decisive. Okay, now how you go and you implement different things. Let's talk higher level, you know, procedures here. Let's say you're you're moving to change a culture within an organization. Okay, so, you know, my background, you know, I come, you know, from working uh, with different first responder agencies in assisting them to change the culture in terms of wellness, for, you know, being fit for duty. And it was such a stark contrast from what had been practiced that for the implementation of the decision, that part was different. Okay, because now you are, you know, getting the teams on board and you're rallying them for a common cause. So the execute, like the plan moving forward, sometimes that you're not able to just like bring down the iron hand and say, this is what we're doing from now on, because it causes the other individuals who do not have that high skill set that you have of decisiveness and command of your emotionality. And they don't have all the information, excuse me, that you have. So they don't know, you know, where, what your motivations coming forth are. And so now you're trying to, you have to educate them and they need to have a lot of assurance like this, you know, the changes that we're making, they're not punitive, blah, 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 blah. And you're, you're doing a high level of explanation, excuse me, but for you to make the decision on whether or not like those chiefs that I was working with the decision, this is what we're doing. Okay, this is not a if the troops, you know, agree to this, this is what we're going to do. No, this is what we're doing. We're going to be we are implementing a wellness initiative here. Now is my job as the leader of this thing to map out my plan. So you can see in that situation, the decision comes first, the how to comes second. 
okay? Which is actually, again, it's making your decisions from a place of peace and power, not fear. Because the most successful, in my experience, the most successful changes of culture, um, of putting new things in place, they don't come when the leader is wishy-washy. They don't come when the leader's like, well, let me just kind of sort of like peel the band-aid back, you know, maybe if, you know, everybody kind of sort of, no, that's putting yourself, that's not your leadership. Your leadership is making the decision. Look, we know in this example, we know that nearly, you know, 50% of line of duty deaths in the fire service occur from cardiovascular disease. We've got, you know, all different types of things that if you have these medical problems, you become a liability to our agency and to the communities that we serve. Like you build your whole entire case for action. You're decisive about this. Like you've got the support, like, you know, and now the how to comes. So it's always decision first and the how to second rather than how to do this. And if all the stars line up and if I think that everybody's going to agree, then I will actually, you know, pull the trigger on making this decision. Completely different things. Okay, so commit first and create second rather than create something and then commit. Okay, placing yourself in the in the position of power. Okay, and not power from like, uh, like, who's that guy? Hitler, like, like dominations that you can do bad, but commitment and power from peace and actually what's essentially love, what's in the best interest of the other individuals. Do you see what I'm saying? And so all I can say is that as you move forward, there's always going to be consequences for every single decision that you make. Okay, And when you're making your decisions, you're the one who has to sleep at night knowing that whatever consequences there are, are a direct result of the decisions that you've executed on. And you've got to be able to be able to lay with yourself at night knowing that, yes, I made this decision and the consequences are here, and yeah, they certainly suck right now, or regret. No, I didn't make that phone call and report that family for this alleged case, and now, you know, your mind is sitting there going over, 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 blah, 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 or maybe I should have, or I probably could have, and it plays on you, and it wears away at you. Do you see what I'm saying? And you at the end of the day are the one who's responsible for those decisions that you actually make. But it's the confidence that you have in your decision making and your ability to start to train yourself into becoming a very decisive individual. Because after a while, I promise you, you will not second guess yourself. You will be able to, I I promise you, yes, No, yes, no, yes, no. It becomes literally that simple, but it's only done through your continual submersion and immersion in high pressure situations. So what I'm saying is that don't fear your training ground. 
okay? Go through it. <laughs> you're not going to die. I promise you, you're not going to die. All right? Most, you know, some of the best things that will ever happen to you is when you are, you are making strong decisions. And what I've learned is that as you move through consequences... And again, consequences can be negative or consequences can be like, oh my gosh, now I have this whole entire thing. This is what I wanted. What I was praying for is totally here. Oh my gosh, now I've got to be doing this, 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 and this, and this, and this, 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 and this from that one decision. And now like you're working towards a goal and it, it's, it is wholly positive, but now like, like you've cut the cord on holding yourself back and now you've got all these great results and now you got to keep them moving forward. So again, I don't mean to put it in the, in the corner of negativity, that level of decisiveness, you know, can go one, you know, either way towards a positive or towards a negative. But again, in either situation, whatever consequences there are, then it moves into that next level of decision-making. Okay. Now I'm freaking out a little bit because there's way more consequences here and I've got, you know, all these other things that I have to deal with now. How do you take this in stride and how do you continue to move forward in a very graceful and calm way? Because now there's more factors in play. Okay. And so there's decisions that need to be made in dealing with the consequences from your first decision. Right. Now I'm just saying that. And the purpose of that is not to put you in decision stall because now you're thinking, well, gosh, she said, well, this, this is, that's simply the way that it is. You simply move through it. You know, you cut through the riffraff, you cut through the BS and you just decide, hey, this is what I'm doing. Hey, this is what I'm doing. Hey, this is what I'm doing. And you will find over time that things get a lot easier. And what ends up happening is that people also learn how you roll and they learn you teach people how to treat you do you know what I'm saying and that can be another element of when you're making decisions is that oftentimes the decisions that you're making don't go with the grain of what everybody else is doing or you know decisions that you're making provided that they're rooted in good okay um, the decisions that you're making are not in jive with what your family has done up to this particular point. Or it's not what everybody else is doing. And I know what that can be like when you're moving through situations and you're just like, but everybody else is doing this. You know, you've, again, you've got to be number one in tune with what you know to be right or wrong. You've got to be in tune with yourself, who you are as an individual that some of the greatest things that have ever happened throughout the history of the world have come from individuals who decided on a different path. Nah, this is not for me, or no, I'm calling you out on this BS, or, you know, this is what, you know, we're doing in our household, we're not doing it like this anymore, and great things have come from that. But it's just that level of overthinking that gets you stuck in that mental tailspin. And it really, it pushes you into an element of, it, it complicates your life. It, it creates a lot of clutter inside of your head. And it makes it very hard for you to keep your head above the water because that's when your brain starts, right? So here's a little thing that you can use to assist yourself 
I can't tell you how to navigate your situation. Okay, whatever it is. And I've been on all aspects, okay? I've been on aspects, you know, you make these very, very strong decisions. Okay, I'm going to start CPR on this kid or, you know, I that's what I'm doing. Like, I don't care if it's hurting somebody else's feelings or, you know, I don't, like, this is what needs to be done in order to fix this particular situation right now. I don't care, you know, Mr. Doctor, if, if you don't think that CPR is warranted or not, this is what we're doing, okay? So it's that. Or, you know, I'm making the call or, you know, we're having this hard conversation or, right? So I've been in all situations and I've been in situations where the things that I have done have not been in line with what, you know, my family traditions have, have upheld. And when you're breaking those things and you, and you're like that, there can be a lot of heat and a lot of you know, fallout that comes. But even in those situations, you learn how to command yourself so that whatever quote unquote backlash you get, you don't take it personally. You have two ears, like you're listening twice. And what you will learn is that any backlash that comes, comes from that other individual's place of fear. And now when you understand and it doesn't need to be justified. It doesn't mean that it's right. When you understand why people do what they do, you're able to navigate any situation because you realize like they're reacting, they're responding to what you have done. And you're never responsible for their feelings. You can do your best to buffer a situation and, you know, offer a very clear lens of understanding, but it doesn't derail you from making particular decisions. Does that make sense? But it's it's only learned through your moving through it rather than trying to avoid what could be potentially a painful situation. Okay? So as you're here so here's what I'll tell you. We'll, we'll say this last sentence and then we're going to wrap up for the day is that all human behavior if you get down to the meat and, and, and the, the potatoes of it is that you're either doing something to avoid pain or to pursue pleasure. That got you thinking. Okay. Right. So how you navigate a situation is because you're either doing something to pursue pleasure or to avoid pain. And in my experience, when you are, you know, making those high level decisions, like you can see threads of both of those inside of your decision. Well, if I do this, then this is going to happen and this is going to happen and this is going to happen. You're trying to avoid pain and you typically make very gingerly uh, you're, you make your decisions from a very weak place and very, very gingerly, kind of like you're stepping on eggshells. And that usually in the long run doesn't end up serving anybody well. Whereas when you're looking to do something and, and you're rooted in good, okay, and you're doing something to pursue pleasure, it tends to it operates, it puts you in a different place because you're going after something that you want. And then that vision, the, the desire to achieve that outcome, it, 
it pulls you and it helps you to walk along in a very, very powerful way rather than, you know, tiptoeing through the eggshells wondering where the landmine is going to go off. Okay, so now don't start overthinking the situation like, am I doing this to pursue pleasure or to avoid pain? Like that's just an inherent thing. You know, you can go off on a mental tailspin, but at the end of the day is that you're going to start to see threads of those things happening throughout your life. How you're making your decisions either to avoid pain or to pursue pleasure. And you'll be able to see that with other individuals. Are we doing that to avoid pain or to pursue pleasure? The reason I bring in that element of understanding is that when you start to understand why people do what they do, you're less likely to have a, a, a hyperinflation of your emotions. Like now you, you can see, you can see the forest through the trees. You can see with a clear lens, you know, this is, I see what's going on here. It's almost kind of like if you had, um, like a colander and you had a bunch of rocks and sand in there and water and like, or like a pot, let me say it this way. You have like a pot filled with water and inside you have a colander with rocks and there's sand and all kinds of stuff. Like looking in the pot, like it's all murky, you can't see. Whereas when you lift the colander up and now the water is draining out of there and the things that you're left with are the actual rocks. This is actually what's left here. Oh my gosh, I can totally see this now. Clear as day. I've got a black rock and I've got this gray one. I've got this, you know, pink one. I've got this one that's kind of like quartzy looking. This one's over here. It's kind of cool. It's got, you know, these different marbling threads through it. Like it's very easy for you to see exactly what you're dealing with when you make that decision. And that's when you lift that colander up, you can see like that's that's the difference between decisive decision-making, and hemming and hawing. You're able to see exactly what's going on, and when you couple that with the ability to command your emotionality, now, like, the emotions don't bother you. Just like if the pot, the, the calendar was in that pot of water and it's mixing around with the sand and it's all cloudy, like, you can't see anything, but you lift it up, and now you're able to see this is what you're dealing with. Excuse me. Does that make sense? So what I'm here to tell you is do not fear your training ground. Most likely you're not going to be perfect. <laughs> Most likely there's going to be, you know, conflict and or there's always going to be consequences for every decision that you make. Begin by making your choices powerfully. Okay, you always have a decision like you may not like the consequences for the decision, but you always have a decision nonetheless. So place yourself in the driver's seat. Okay, rev that engine and move forward positive or powerfully. Make it a great day, everybody. It was awesome having you on tonight's podcast, today's podcast. My name is Nicole DeVincentis and we'll catch you next time. Talk to you later. Bye bye.